Hello and welcome. This is Agora Politics. I'm Alex Mershak. Today is a rare solo episode. These episodes will be occasional but infrequent, as the main purpose of the show is to have conversations with others. I address why I started this show, where our mission stands with regard to upgrading our sense-making, and why I believe one-on-one dialogue is the best way through the bottleneck humanity is about to face. I hope you'll take a moment to reflect on the unique and brief opportunity we have to steer ourselves down the narrow path that will lead to freedom and prosperity in the future. And I encourage you all to take account of how we can better understand ourselves and each other. It's occurred to me recently through all of our conversations that this is a pivotal moment for the show. And although we're still in the nascent stage, I want to get the audience clear as well as myself clear on the direction that the show will be headed in. So I appreciate anyone who's been listening along so far, and I promise you there'll be much more to come. See you on the other side. Hello and welcome to Agora Politics. This is your host, Alex Mershak. I've been under the weather a little bit lately, so my voice may be a little more nasally than usual. We're about three episodes in, and I think it's time that I stake out a stronger position with regard to the mission and the true core objective of the show. So far, we've branded the show as an attempt to improve our politics, specifically to update our theories of politics. And although that is still one of the core aims of the show, I don't think it gives the show quite a strong enough identity for it to move forward. It's become apparent, particularly over the last few episodes with the guests that I've had, and in some of the coming episodes that have already been recorded and are yet to be released, that one theme keeps coming up over and over again. It's quite strange that this theme keeps coming up in all of our conversations, given that it aligns closely with my initial impetus for doing this show. And that theme is the fact that, as a whole, for humanity, we're going to need to upgrade our collective consciousness, our collective understandings of each other and ourselves, if we're likely to make it through the next few centuries. We've reached a point where, for quite some time now, our power has exceeded our wisdom. This is not an idea that I am the first one to express. Many others have talked about this. We've been talking about it since early days of the Cold War, and perhaps even before that. But there's a growing sense among many people that I talk to when I try to get at what are the problems in our politics, in our institutions, what's happening on a global scale, 
with challenges to many of the things that have been working for quite a while, things like capitalism, democracy, etc. The rising specter of uh, technocratic dystopia, uh, massive migration, uh, environmental uh, catastrophes, and more recently, potentially a pandemic coming in the form of the coronavirus. What's become apparent to everybody is that as the world becomes more and more connected and as more and more people uh, begin to share in the fruits of much of the progress that we've made, particularly in the last 150 years of building up humanity, that we're entering into a bottleneck period, a period of time where the sense is that there's going to be a narrow path that we must take, a road that we must go down, and that if we veer too far in one direction or another, we face either total catastrophe, some variation of multiple massive worldwide failures cascading simultaneously or near simultaneously within short enough distance to cause something like a second dark ages if not an Armageddon that's on one side and on the other side of the road one of the solutions or at least what looks like one of the more likely solutions can be seen on the east side of the world with a rising China and its effective use of technology to control the population, to manipulate media, to manipulate markets, to run various sorts of social engineering projects. Now, we can debate about whether or not these methods and strategies are likely to succeed. But what I see on this other side of the road here is something like a technologically enabled surveillance state, something like a dystopia, as could be seen in 1984 or Aldous Huxley's A Brave New World. And it's not just limited to China. Even in the West, even in the freest countries in the world, we are seeing an increase in these surveillance state tactics. We're also seeing increasing political dysfunction on the national level as well as local levels in almost all of the major cities. We're seeing this. And the question is, if we're going to get to any future at all, and if we're going to do it together, what do we want that future to look like? Now for me, I'd like that future to include, as it has very recently in many parts of the world, increasing levels of human freedom, along with increasing prosperity. I don't think that there's necessarily a trade-off between those two. But I do think that if we don't solve some of our serious problems that we're facing, 
and stop all of the infighting in some of the best, most productive, most enlightened places in the world, that we do stand a pretty good chance of destroying ourselves. So now I come to the original impetus for this podcast. Somewhere around summer of 2016, moving into fall of 2016, I became very, very deeply concerned with the increasing political polarization that I was feeling within the United States politics. Now, many of you would rightly recall that this was right around the time when Trump was beginning to make his ascent into the presidency. And although I was not necessarily a fan of Trump, he was not uh, particularly my main concern. I view him, as many others do, uh, as a symptom of our own cultural and national pathologies more than necessarily the cause. Although he certainly has... (laughs) caused a lot of trouble and a lot of dysfunction for some. In particular, I was very, very deeply concerned that this increasing polarization that I was sensing would lead to an outbreak of political violence, some kind of backlash, some kind of tearing apart of our national unity from which we we may not recover and which could result in some kind of sick, authoritarian uh, retreat. I'll call it a retreat because I don't think that descending into chaos is, at least in the medium term, the most likely outcome. Because the truth is that when people sense that things are getting a little bit too chaotic, that they're getting out of control, and that the people in charge aren't taking control properly, They will opt for draconian authoritarian measures, whether that be in the form of communism or fascism or some other kind of ism that promises to put things back in order, that promises to take charge and to punish the wrongdoers, the corrupt, the people who have been cheating the society and cause it to degenerate into such chaos. Because most people don't have time. They don't have time to deal with this chaos. They don't have the means at their disposal to make large-scale changes within the places that they're in. And at the end of the day, every one of us is limited by our own reasoning, our own blind spots, our own capacities, both physical and mental, as well as just ultimately the amount of time that we have. There are only 24 hours of the day, and frankly, most of us have bigger things to take care of, more immediate, proximal things to attend to than attempting to work out our political situation. So now that I've given you an overview of some of the problems. I want to talk about how I think this podcast could be one of a whole host of solutions. Like I said, it was actually fear 
that was the impetus for me starting this. And you'll also notice that there was quite a long gap in between. In between when I said that I started to notice this problem, became aware of it, and concerned over it, and the beginning of the show, which wasn't more than a few months ago. So why the long gap? Well, the answer is that for a while, I felt helpless. I didn't really know what to do. I thought, I'm only one person. I'm only a college student. I'm not that old. I don't have a whole lot of professional experience. I don't have access to large capital. And I don't have control or status or influence over any large group of people. So what could I possibly do to make this better? And in response to drawing those conclusions about myself, I really entered into a state of helplessness. And for a long time, I didn't take action. I wasted time getting immersed in various aspects of the culture wars to try to deal with uh, fringe groups and movements that I felt were contributing to the chaos. I did try to educate myself more on a number of different topics, uh, ranging from aspects of perception and persuasion to disinformation, mind control, propaganda, even moving into AI for reasons that were both professional as well as uh, existential in terms of the questions that I was asking at the time. And when I decided to finally start this podcast, it was me deciding that I was going to take back the reins and that I was going to sit up and face those fears forthrightly and do what I thought might be the solution. And as many of you may know who've listened to this podcast already, I think that the solution is one-on-one dialogue. I think ultimately we're going to have to take a bottom-up approach and recohere a form of sense-making that's as ancient as language itself. For as long as humans have been around, we've been talking to one another in order to make sense of things. And that's how our earliest societies were organized. And that too is how we're going to, at the end of the day, organize ourselves out of this mess. There's not going to be one institution or one group or one political party or even one nation that's going to solve all of these problems. At the end of the day, all of the problems that we're facing are going to be solved by human beings interacting with other human beings in conversation. So the question is, how do we have better conversations? Because the ones we've been having with each other, with others, with people who are both similar to us and different, haven't been working. They haven't been giving us enough. Enough ability to deal with these problems. Enough 
exchange of information, enough authenticity, enough kindness, enough compassion, enough intellectual rigor to actually face what it is that we're up against. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, we're up against some pretty big problems. So my conclusion is that if we want to actually face these problems, and if the way to face these problems is going to be through one-on-one dialogue, then we're going to have to upgrade our collective understanding of ourselves. Right now, every human mind, even the smartest among us, and I certainly don't count myself as one of those, is running on very, very, very old circuitry. Evolutionary shit. Tribal programming. We have monkey brains. And because our cognitive tools have simply been modulated to deal with an increasingly complex contemporary society, but they're still running on very rudimentary and very old reptilian, animal, mammalian, evolutionary circuitry. It's going to be quite a challenge. It's going to be a wicked problem. Getting people to the level where we can start facing some of these issues, some of these free rider problems, some of these tragedy of the commons problems, and some of these prisoner's dilemmas that threaten the future of humanity and in particular threaten the future of free, happy, healthy human beings and societies. So now I want to turn to the core idea of Agora politics. Agora, as some of you may know, is a Greek word. And it stands for a marketplace, an open marketplace. So what is Agora politics? Well, in ancient Greece, the way that politics was done within the city, within the polis, was that all citizens who were eligible to engage with the democracy would exchange conversation, news, rumors, and of course, ideas and currency in the marketplace. It was in your everyday interactions that you met with your fellow citizens. And through these minor interactions, you built bonds of trust, congeniality, you settled small disputes, and ultimately trained one another to be upright citizens operating properly within the democracy. Now, the study of political theory, which again is the intellectual uh, framework from which this podcast begins, is primarily concerned with this issue of politics. And in my training of political theory, one fact that is absolutely fundamental and taken as true is that man is a fundamentally 
political animal. By that I mean that none of us are born outside of society. We are all born into a group, into a tribe, into a neighborhood, into a country, or at the very least, a family. And this comes with it certain responsibilities and obligations, trappings, and costs, as well as a necessity to, as you move through your development from child to adult, to learn to be socialized within the culture that you belong. Being political, whether it's getting along with your neighbors or your city or your nation or even a group of nations, the broader cosmopolitan community of nations, at the end of the day it comes down to the quality and the functioning of the individuals inside of it. So if we are going to move through this impasse, if we are going to make it through the bottleneck and not destroy ourselves or subject one another to horrific means of coercion, subjugation, and control, as has characterized most of humanity throughout human history. We're going to have to get much, much better at getting along with one another. So what are some methods that we can do this? How is it that we're going to upgrade our firmware, upgrade our esoteric and outdated software, not the software that's running our theories of politics, which is a higher level abstraction for dealing with this problem, but the software that's running our brains. Particularly in the last 50 to 60 years, there's been a revolution of sorts going on, at least in the Western mind. People are waking up to altered states, different forms of consciousness, contemplative practices like meditation and yoga, as well as more experimental things, psychedelic drugs. And we're at the point now where much of the science, which had been previously repressed or forbidden on a lot of these topics, is actually starting to tackle them whole hog. And what's even more interesting is that despite our society becoming increasingly secular, this study into aspects of consciousness, perception, existential questions, etc., the science and the secular practices are actually folding back on the religion that many of us abandoned. We're starting to see that there are properties of religion that were useful to us in times past and that could be still useful to us, maybe without all the garb that it used to come with. And so really what I'm getting at is that this cognitive upgrade that we have to perform is also going to be a spiritual one. And by this, I'm not pushing a particular religious message. 
only saying that in order to move through the bottleneck, we're going to have to become more aware of ourselves, our place in the world, and we're going to have to reflect on the impact it's going to have on others. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not advocating for some sort of uh, global kumbaya, we all get together and form a wonderful community of nations, the uh, Hillary Clintons, it takes a village. I think that any appeal to the whole world waking up tomorrow and deciding to just get along with one another is naive at best and more than likely extremely dangerous and somewhat pathological if you take those assumptions out to their final conclusions. So what I'm really advocating for is individual personal responsibility. I want us all, myself especially, to start taking responsibility for the environment that we're in and for upgrading our consciousness, upgrading our outdated software. And that's really what this podcast is going to be about going forward. I'm going to try to get more perspectives on, more interesting individuals, more people from not only the psychological sciences, but also various contemplative practices, spiritual leaders, cognitive scientists, etc. Because I want to hack your brain. And I don't want to just want to hack your brain. I want to hack mine too. Because I could see in my everyday interactions when I'm too angry at someone who is being slow in traffic or I make an impulsive decision to go get food that I know is not only bad for my body but also not good for my wallet or the environment. I could see myself making these decisions that are driven primarily by a an outdated framework. And if there's one thing that I've learned in the conversation so far, it's that all of us are concerned about this looming specter of social, technological, economic, political decay. All of us are concerned about the threats to Western civilization both inside and out that could potentially upend the enormous freedom, prosperity, and well-being that a very small few of us, at least on a global scale, have been able to enjoy thus far. Now, there are lots of people who are interested in spreading that prosperity and that well-being to the rest of the world. And that's not necessarily a horrible intention. But we have to keep in mind that our enemies are real. The threats to our way of life 
are very real. And furthermore, that what got us to this place in the first place is not going to be what gets us to the next stage. If we want to move through the bottleneck, we have to not only upgrade our theories of politics, we have to upgrade our understanding of ourselves. And that's what Agora Politics is going to be about moving forward. We're going to try to get deeper in these conversations, try to have more genuine connections with the guests on the show, and try to give the listeners more value, you, the listener, more value so that when you listen to this podcast, you don't just get to flirt with a bunch of interesting, abstract, intellectual ideas, but you actually get a few moments out of your day to contemplate how things could be different, how we might change as individuals, and how one brain at a time we can upgrade our software to make it through the bottleneck. This has been Alex with Agora Politics. And until next time, I'll see you soon. Bye now.